news, music, culture, and community. Every day on 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world of professional sports these days. For the MLB, the season has already started, and it already looks as though it could be cut short after so many players are testing positive for the coronavirus. Meanwhile, the NBA is operating within a tightly monitored bubble in Orlando, and camps opened last week for the NFL. Dozens of NFL players are already testing positive and saying they are out for the season. Here to catch us up to speed and tell us at least some of what we can expect in the weeks and months to come is someone who's following professional sports really closely. Bill Shea is a senior writer for The Athletic. Bill, welcome back to Detroit Today. Always love to be here. Yeah. So let's start with baseball. I was really excited for the return of baseball. It's just one of those things that marks summer for me, and I thought we all needed it even more this summer because of all the things that we're experiencing. But it doesn't seem like it has gone that well, and it seems every day like maybe they're closer to to canceling this. Uh, Give us an update on where they are with talking about what's going on with the season and whether we might see baseball go away as quickly as it came back. Yeah, I I think we're in a, a critical period to see what happens. We've had a handful of teams like the Marlins and the, the Cardinals uh, come down with a bunch of cases, and baseball's not playing inside a bubble like some of the other sports. They're traveling city to city, um, and as we know, with extremely contagious disease, um, that's uh, that's one way to, to spread it around uh, really quick, you know. And it's not just it's not just players on the field. I mean, there's staff, there's the managers and coaches, and the, all the support staff. Um, so it's you have all these potential vectors running around. Um, you know, some guys in masks, some guys without masks. So, you know, baseball's had a few dozen games canceled so far this year, and uh, I'm not incredibly optimistic that we're going to see a, a full season, um, you know, the, the truncated 60-game full season happen. But, uh, you know, I, they will try to get it in if they if they possibly can. So, so what would happen for the league and for the sport if the season was canceled at this point? I mean, it's almost like a tease that we had it for a little bit and, and then it would go away without – without the resolution of, you know, the, the, the playoffs and the World Series and us being able to, to sort of revel in all that? Would that damage the sport more than it would have been damaged if it hadn't tried this at all? You know what, that's a, a good question, and I'm not sure because, you know, we remember the, the 94 strike that, you know, ended that season without a, sure. a World Series. Um, and people were angry, and, and baseball suffered for years after that. Um I don't know that people would necessarily be as mad this time around um, because it's, I mean, it's clearly, you know, it's running through some of these teams and guys are getting sick. And I think a lot of people are empathetic with, you know, people who want to opt out or, or can't, don't want to play or can't play. Um, you know, I, everybody was happy to see baseball come back, but, you know, it's a bit, bit of a chaos 
since then. Um, and even if they did get to the end, I, I think it's going to be a season where they rely on winning percentages as opposed to actual like wins and losses. Cause mm-hmm. I, I don't think every team will get all 60 games in. I mean, I, I yesterday I saw this complex makeup game schedule baseball had pushed out and I'm like, Ugh, how many of these will <laughs> they even get to, to play um but yeah it would definitely be damaging i mean financially damaging for the the teams as businesses yeah i mean they were already going to lose millions of dollars and there's going to be long-term ripple effects but you know there's going to be people angry at baseball if they do play you know amid a raging pandemic and guys are getting sick and if you have to field teams of a bunch of guys nobody's heard of and you know it's it's unprecedented for sure yeah yeah so how has viewership been so far with the MLB? I, I have tried to watch some games. It's different than what we're used to, but it's actually pretty pretty exciting and it's interesting because it is different. Are, are they making the money that they need to off of television to make up for the fact that there's no gate this year, no, no fans in the stands? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the – major reason why they're they're trying to play is the, you know the television money is the the bulk of the you know the, the income for baseball um you know they have the national tv contracts and all of the regional sports networks like here in detroit it's fox sports detroit until they change the name here soon um <laughs> so yeah they're, they're trying to get that money in um and if they don't play they're not going to get most of that cash um so that's that's been a primary concern um i i've only glanced at the uh some of the regional data the, the tigers were actually doing pretty well um for being back but you know it, it's akin to you know regardless of the season everybody's watching early on um and you know when teams fade away the viewership fades away but this is a strange season and people are are have been watching in many markets for sure mm. all right let's talk about the nba which is also back for the restart of the last season at Walt Disney World. The league is touting the fact that so far the bubble it has created in Orlando seems to be working. No players have tested positive for COVID-19 since they restarted at the end of last month. So is this a model for other leagues? I, I, so I was certain that basketball, which is a contact sport and brings people way closer into contact with one another than baseball would would do worse it, it seems that it's the opposite baseball's had a much bigger problem than than basketball what are they doing right that baseball doesn't seem to have figured out i think mainly it's the it's the bubble concept yeah so far the nba has been serious about keeping everybody basically locked into the so-called bubble down and Orlando, and and again, it's not just the players; it's coaches and sports staff, there's media down there, too. Um, you know, they're, they're they've got their testing regimen, and uh, everybody's been largely obeying the rules. Um, so so far, it definitely looks like it's it's the model. And, and the primary difference is baseballs is putting guys on jets and flying them around market to market to market. Baseball teams are bigger too um, than NBA teams, um, so there's, there's more chance of of spread just because you have more people mm-hmm. um you know you get one sick person in and you know get on an airplane i mean airplanes before all of this were you know flying bacteria tubes yes um so so yeah that's i, I you know it was obviously going to be much harder for baseball to do a bubble but in retrospect it sure looks like they should have tried so so what about the product on the court 
here. It 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 is again different because you don't have fans, although they have these kind of virtual fans in seats at the court in Orlando. And it sounds, if you close your eyes and just listen instead of watching, it does sound like an NBA game. I mean, they've got crowd noise pumped in. They have the, the, the regular music that they that they play. Is this the same product, though, that people were used to before all this happened? Well, I, I think, um, you know, I mean, the, the skill guys are, are still the skill guys, but it's definitely a, a weird sort of hopefully temporary new normal. Um, you know, every, every league uh, in across all kinds of sports are looking at how to best replicate that game day experience, um, you know, for the viewers at home and for the players too. I mean, it's, it's I'm sure it's very weird for, for some of them playing in what functionally is kind of like, like a practice, you know, you're in your practice arena, you're playing there other than the coaches and staff, nobody's watching. Um, so this is, uh, you know, a little bit closer to that, but you know, the, the, you know, teams get used to it as you do your thing. I mean, it's I mean, the, the court and the still the same, the nets are still the same, and they have a job to do. Um, you know, I, I haven't watched a whole lot of the NBA. Um, the, the Cavs are not participating in this tournament, so my interest level is a little lower than it normally <laughs> would be. Um, but, but, yeah, I mean, everybody's trying to, to, to embrace and, and see what modern technology they can use to, to try and make it look like what we're used to. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking with Bill Shea, a senior writer for The Athletic, about sports, professional sports, some of which are back, some of which say they are coming back, and what they all look like. How is this actually going in the era of COVID-19? If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what are your thoughts on the state of professional sports. Are you missing it? Uh, If stadiums were allowing people to go watch live games, would you be one of the people who would go do that? Uh, Or do you think these teams should even have the players out on the field at all this year, or should we be canceling these kinds of activities? In a little bit, we're going to talk about college and high school and whether those sports will come back in any recognizable form this fall. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And uh, we'll work into the conversation. Bill, I want to talk about the NFL, which is also gearing up to come back. Uh, that seems maybe the most fraught sport to to try to play during all of this. Both high school, or I'm sorry, both professional and college seem at, at real risk. Uh, what do we know so far about how camps are going? How how many players are being infected by being around other folks? Yeah, so far, I mean, the NFL isn't playing a, a preseason, so that was, you know, sort of a, a reminder that this is a really big, big deal. Um, the NFL is going to be a bit like Major League Baseball. They're going to try to play a, I mean, they're going to try to play their full schedule um, and, you know, home and road games. So there'll be travel, and you have, you know, of all of our sports, those are the, the largest traveling groups you know it's your 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 roster of 60 some guys and your coaches and staff i mean it's just much bigger and they're going to be traveling around and you know the nfl gave guys an, an option to opt out um and they basically would get you know I, I i forget the amount but basically an advance on their salary next year 
Um, and I think 66 guys opted out. You know, that's basically one roster, one team equivalent uh, decided, nope, not going to not gonna risk myself or my family or loved ones. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's a concern. And, and, you know, guys are coming down and getting sick here and there, and they're going on the, the COVID-19 in, you know, IR, Matthew Stafford briefly, um, you know, hit the, the false positive. Um, so that shook some people. Um, so the, the NFL's one, uh, I, I don't know if we're going to get a full season in or not, you know, because of all sports, you know, they're in each other's faces. I, I, think, I was going to say, than, I just feel like football seems crazy right now. The whole idea of being that close to to not just one other person, but lots of other people, the 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 ways in which contact and and physical contact is just a nature of the nature of the sport. I I I have a hard time understanding why they think this will work. Um, I, I think they have a lot of fingers crossed. You know, I I played football for many years, and you get every sort of you know blood and spit all over you when you're out there. Yeah. you know, getting sacked and hit and stuff. So yeah, it's it's. You know, there's no social distancing in in football unless basically you're the puncher or the place kicker. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, it's the most chance of, of you know one guy is spreading is going to uh, you know affect a lot of people. Um, and you know, as they travel city to city, it could spread even more. Um, but you know, it comes down again to the the TV money. I think it's you know what ten billion or eight to ten billion dollars for the NFL. Um, you know, they're they're the one league that was best positioned to play without fans. You know, there's only 10 home games, you know, eight regular season, two preseason, um, you know, so they're not as reliant on the fan revenue as they are the TV revenue. They're, you know, they're king of American television, you know, every year, you know, something like 90% of the top broadcast yeah. ratings are NFL games. Yeah. So they're, that's what they're shooting for. Um, you know, whether they pull it off, and I, I don't know. It's, it's, some of the teams are saying, like, hey, we're going to have our mini bubble. Like, all the players can stay at this hotel, that sort of thing. But unless you get everybody to do it, it's a half measure, and I'm not sure that's going to work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got a couple calls here. I want to take them quickly. Bob and Romulus, what's on your mind? Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, for the players, that's their job. And they spend a lot of time. A lot of effort, a lot of energy, getting to the skill level that they're at. Yeah. And uh, if if you take their job away from them, you take everything away. Well, but if you take their life away from them, isn't that more? I mean, that's the the question, right? You only live once. (laughs) Okay, Bob, I I appreciate the call and the the comments there. Let's go to Tim in Bagley. Tim. Hey, good morning. Go ahead. Uh Uh, You know, in, in... In reference to what Bob just said, there is a differentiating point. Those who uh, have a job where your job is to be on the front lines, be it military, hospital, or whatever, your job does incur danger. Sports does not, other than a broken bone or a limb. So you really shouldn't send a sports athletic person or even non-professional into a contagion situation. My initial statement is this. I really hope that the basketball NBA would say no, because as we all heard on the news a few months ago, that the uh, owner says, you're not going to make your full um, uh, salary. We're only going to give you a certain percentage of it. And Bernie Smilovich uh, of Channel 4 made a very good joke. Who can't live off of $7 a year? (laughs) Um, I thought then, and, and the 
players began to balk because they said, hey, I signed a contract, plus I'm not quite sure. I really was hoping all NFL, NHL, NBA, and, and anyone else would say no, not because they're not getting their full payment. This is a terrible representation of ownership over the peons mm. and the gladiators. Mm. These owners want Yeah, Tim, to- uh, Tim, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, we're going to have to end the segment, and I want to get Bill Shea to, to respond to that, this idea. This is just about greed. I, I think that's a perfectly fair argument. And, but, you know, I, I do feel, you know, there, there are the, well, you know, the, the millionaire players, but there is, like in the NFL and baseball, there are a ton of guys don't make that. You know, the league minimum is 500000 After taxes and everything, you bring it home 200 some. Um, yeah, that's a lot of money, but it's still, they're in a, a world of difference from the millionaires. Um, you know, and there's all the, the side, you know, the support staff and stuff. They're not making a whole lot of money. Um, so, you know, I feel for those folks, and I understand why they would want to play because they need, they need money. Um, but, you know, the whole thing is, yeah, it's ultimately the owners that benefit the most in the end from doing this and they're not the ones really at risk um and i don't know that any owners have come down with it so far and there may be a few out there but um yeah this is a, a, a year of chaos that's that's for certain yeah okay bill shea senior writer for the athletic always great to chat with you about sports here on detroit today thanks for coming by always happy to, to stop by we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about high school sports and what will happen this fall with them and our kids. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We're going to continue our look at the world of sports in the age of coronavirus, but now we want to shift focus to younger athletes. There are plans for the NCAA and professional teams as they try to schedule matches and return to normalcy. And now, as schools are trying to formulate plans for the fall, administrators and coaches are at a crossroad. Here to tell us what lies ahead for high school sports is Jeff Kimmerly. He is the editor of the Michigan High School Athletic Association's second half. Jeff, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. How are you? Good. So can you briefly tell us what the plan is for high school sports this fall? So following the the traditional calendar, we will begin uh, practices for football on Monday and then practices for our other six fall sports on Wednesday. Uh, there obviously are some adjustments in there. Uh, Monday, or for football, rather, uh, they can be in helmets only. And generally, we would progress with the addition of pads throughout that first week. Uh, we're not allowing pads until the following Monday, uh, just to give a few more days of, of uh, lower contact, if you will. Uh, and then the rest of sports can start Wednesday. Uh, right now, in Areas of the state, the majority of the state uh, that are in phase four of the um, governor's plan to return to activity, uh, they have to remain outdoors. So at this point, volleyball and swimming uh, would have to be started with whatever uh, activity those coaches choose uh, outside. 
uh, until uh, they're able to move inside. So we're, we're, we're starting gradually, uh, but we are trying to get started and hopefully bring these teams back together and give these coaches an opportunity to get get their athletes organized and, and really get them all on the same page in terms of best practices and how to keep safe. Hmm. Does this make any sense, I think, is the question that a lot of people will ask. Does it make sense sure. to take this risk with our children? No, absolutely. And, and the concerns are understandable, and the questions, especially the last few weeks, have been many. Uh, and a lot of people in this building uh, have children, uh, who are athletes, and, and our representative council is made up of administrators from all over the state who are obviously, you know, fully invested in this. I think that we feel it makes sense because, for starters, we've had thousands of athletes training all summer long for sports, and we've had very little uh, infection. We, we've had a few pockets crop up here and there, but generally uh, people have been able to follow the guidelines we've set out and, and people have uh, been able to avoid uh, spreading the virus. Uh, at the same time, people have been playing non-school sports all summer long, mm -hmm. you know, particularly baseball and softball. Mm -hmm. And we know that if we don't bring school sports back, other people will find ways to start up opportunities for people to play. So our school people, our council, the people in our building really feel strongly that school people are best able to provide the safest opportunity to have athletics. We know they're going to be played. If they're going to be played, we want them played within a school setting with educators, with teachers, with coaches, with all of these safety guidelines we've been working on for months. Uh, to, to make this the best possible opportunity. And, and hey, we know that people are going to choose to not play. Lansing Public Schools last night announced they wouldn't have fall sports mm -hmm. this school year. Uh, but for those that do choose to play, uh, we're going to try and make this the best, the best and safest uh, opportunity for them. Mm. So do you worry that perhaps Governor Whitmer will reverse course and make a decision that says, we're just not going to do these things anymore. We're not going to take these these risks and then scuttle all of the plans that you guys have made. You know, it's it's so hard to know what to what to feel about something like that, only because we've never been down this road, and we've worked really closely with Governor Whitmer's office, and and we've had access to her medical people, uh, you know, including Dr. Caldoun, and that's been excellent. Um, we are going to do our best and we all along we followed her directives going back to March when we had to end the winter prematurely. And when we had to cancel the spring, we're going to follow the guidance of her office. Uh, you know, but at the same point, we're watching the numbers every day, uh, just like everybody else is across the state that, that has uh, some investment in this. And, and, you know, things look like they're getting better. So at least we're cautiously optimistic, but again, I, I can't tell you that we're not a little bit worried only just about the general situation because we just haven't been down this road and we're doing our best to navigate it on the fly. Yeah. And if, for instance, we see real outbreaks among mm -hmm. student athletes, once sports start back up, I assume you guys are, are ready to, to adjust your plans and, and do something different. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've, 
we've already said that we're not going to make a decision on competition for uh, football, volleyball, and soccer until uh, no later than August 20th. And those are our three moderate to higher risk fall sports. And we want to give time to see how things start out here over those first 10 days of practice and find out statewide what our numbers look like as we move forward. So that, that's the first big one. Uh, we have said already that although we're starting with, with fall sports in the fall, uh, we could end up moving some of those or all of those to next spring when hopefully we'll be in a uh, better situation. Uh, so that's, that's a great possibility as well. Uh, we, we do feel pretty confident about golf and tennis and cross country and girls swimming and diving if we can get inside. We feel like those are lower risk and safety precautions can be put in place uh, to help us to, to have those sports. And, and really, there's in these communities, there's an importance for getting those sports back going again and having some mm-hmm. semblance of normalcy. And, and we're, we're hopeful that we'll be able to at least run those four to conclusion, and then we'll do our best with the other three. Okay, Jeff Kimmerly, editor of the Michigan High School Athletic Association's second half, a storytelling component of MHSAA.com. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. All right. It's going to do it for us this week. I will be back on Monday. We're going to talk about some Michigan public school districts that are planning to reopen classrooms in the fall, but are now changing their minds. I'll talk with two experts about why some people are rethinking the idea that it's going to be safe to return to school next month. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again on Monday.